on today's show. Which players could the Dallas Mavericks target in trades to help them defensively? And I take a deep dive into their defense to figure out what the heck is going wrong with this team. We'll talk about that and more on today's Lockdown Mavs. I'm Luka Doncic, and this is Lockdown Mavericks. Don't believe you shouldn't be here. Loyalty never fades away. And welcome. You are locked on to the Dallas Mavericks. My name is Nick Engstead, media member and NBA channel manager for the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thanks for being part of the show and making Locked On Mavs your first listen today. Where the best way you can help us grow the show is to listen every day and comment anything below. Let us know which player should the Mavs target in a trade to fix their defense. It's the question I'm getting a ton right now, so I thought we'd get into it. Today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel. Make every moment more right now. New customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. That's $150. If your team wins, visit FanDuel.com slash locked on to get started. Riding solo today because we got a ton to talk about with the Dallas Mavericks defense. I want to talk about some fixes and some changes the Mavericks could make. I think there's some things on the table, and so we'll talk about some of them. They're not, they're not super overwhelming but there are some and then I want to do a deep dive I did a full deep dive into the maps defense what's going on with them what are they allowing all that kind of stuff so we'll talk about that but let's start here the question I've gotten so much is which players could the Mavericks trade for that could help their defense and I don't think it's that easy of a question to try and answer right now because first of all you know Nico Harrison was on the Mavs broadcast a couple weeks ago Jeff Skin Wade asking the question are you guys targeting any players in trades? Are you know? Are you, are you do you feel good about this roster? Or are you guys going out and looking for some more players? And he said, you know, it's kind of early because it is. You look at the you look at the standings right now, and you try and figure out all right, who are teams that are not feeling good about where they are? Okay, Wizards, Pistons, Spurs, Blazers. Maybe the Grizzlies get a little desperate, but they're getting jaw back. You know, like they, there's a lot of there's those teams. But on those teams, like the tankers, the sellers, like they don't have a ton of guys that would make a, a big difference right now. So we can look through some of those guys. But then you look at the rest of the league right now and you go, okay, well, in the West, all right, there's there's the Golden State Warriors are six and eight. That's kind of underwhelming. They're not going to trade into their defensive play. They're not trading Gary Payton the second or Kevon Looney or, or Andrew Wiggins because just because he's underwhelming this year. Look at the Pelicans. Are, are they trading some of their guys? The Clippers? Like are the Clippers going to give you? Anybody like everybody else kind of feels like they're in it right now. And this is sort of has been one of the good things that the playing game has brought in is that all these teams are in it. You look at all of a sudden the standings is not just, all right, who is top eight or who is top six? The standings go all the way to 10 and then 11 and 12. You're right there. The Raptors and the Nets have the same record. One of them would be in the play in right now. And one of them wouldn't. Everybody feels like they're in it. They feel, all right, we're just one good stretch away from shooting up the standings right now. And it's it's early, so a lot of teams would feel that way throughout NBA history, but it's where we are. So you have to get a little creative in how you look at some of these players and try and figure out who the Mavericks could trade for. And so being the good Dallas Mavericks podcast that I am, I decided I, I got I got a list. I got a list for you. Here's my list. OG Ananobi is the best one that you could think of. He's amazing. He's one of the best defensive players in the NBA right now. And the Raptors are six and seven. They're underwhelming this year. It doesn't look like they're really going anywhere. And so he's one that really stands out immediately as a player that the Mavericks could target, could send some stuff at, and potentially get. He's 
probably out of their price range. They only have one first-round pick to trade. They have Jaden Hardy, Josh Green, maybe Omax. You have you know some contracts with Tim Hardaway Jr. and Rashawn Holmes that you can send that are not ter- like terrible value. Like They're not killing you on your books because they're only two more years. And so it's not like they're these albatross, super long contracts. So like They don't have a ton to trade right now, but they have some stuff. They have a couple seconds as well that they could send. But OJ Ananobi is like your pie in the sky. Perfect. If you could get him, I mean, this team, this team, it, this vaults this team into a different category. All of a sudden, you start to have expectations. Alex Caruso, another player that you look at the Chicago Bulls. They're five and nine. They're literally already talking about trade talks with Zach Levine. And so that's definitely a player. Will he be priced out for the Mavericks? Would I be willing to give up a first round pick for him? I don't know. That's just so hard to try and look and try and say, all right, we'll take in another small-ish guard that can defend really well, elite level. And and yes, his his elite defense changes the the calculus a little bit. And oh, the Mavericks only play these small guards. Well, if one of them is an elite defender, it changes a lot of it for him. And then you look at some guys like Lou Dort, Dylan Brooks, Herb Jones, elite defenders in their their spots, but their teams all kind of feel like they're in it. The Thunder are second in the West right, tied for first in the West right now. I don't think they're they're messing up what they got right now. They have no reason to trade Lou Dort right now. But he's got a guy that you you target. Dylan Brooks, same thing. The Rockets are six and five. They went on a six-game winning streak. They feel like they're a good team right now. So why would they change what's working for them? They just signed him. Herb Jones. The Pelicans are kind of underwhelming right now, but I don't know that they'd trade a Herb Jones like that. He's he's a guy that's that's integral to their culture. And that's one of the problems with all these defensive players is They're so integral to what you do defensively and what you do as a team that they don't get traded that often, it feels like. Then you have the Dorian Finney-Smith, Royce O'Neal guys for the Brooklyn Nets. And with those two guys, you look at them and you say, all right, well, how much are they really really changing what you do and how much would they really play for you? I think they would, and I think Dorian is probably the one that you look at and say, all right, if the Mavericks could get Dorian Finney-Smith back, you trade Rashawn Holmes, you trade a couple of seconds. Maybe the Nets would go for it. If they don't, then what could you do to sweeten it? <laughs> that becomes hard. And so you look at those guys and you go, okay, well, it's just hard because you have to answer a couple of questions. Who's available? Those are the guys I feel like that could be available if the thing, if it happens right. But like you're not getting Jaden McDaniels, Marcus Smart, Drew Holiday, Derek White, Mikhail Bridges. You're not getting those guys. And so you start to look at the list that's available to the Mavericks. And even some of those I don't think would be completely available. Then the last player on my list there was Jonathan Isaac. Jonathan Isaac, I get messaged about so much. DMs on Instagram, Twitter, on uh, TikTok messages. I, I get all kinds of stuff from about Jonathan Isaac. He's played 45 games in four years. Like, yes, he would come in and then when he would play, he would be awesome. It would be Great to see him. Like, he's exactly the type of player the Mavericks need. A 6'8 guy that can defend the rim, come over and help in space, do all kinds of things, wreak havoc for the Mavericks on defense. He'd be awesome on defense there. The problem is, when would he play? The Mavericks need something they can rely on right now. And they can't rely on him at all. Magic can't rely on him. They're only playing him 13 minutes a game right now. So, for every highlight you've seen of Jonathan Isaac, it's only happening in 13 minutes a game. So, that's one where it doesn't. And then, you get into some guys like, Patrick Williams, who's probably available. OJ Agbaji, guys, Isaac Okoro, guys like that. And would those guys play more than Derek Jones Jr. or Josh Green right now? So 
now you're in this now you're in this line of okay, which players could the Mavericks bring in that would affect their defense and help them and push them forward, and which players are available, and which players would actually play more than the guys they have now. Matisse Thibel is another guy the Mavericks went after this summer, but the Mavericks can't trade for Matisse Thibel for a year because the Mavericks signed him to the offer sheet and then the Blazers matched it. Much to the chagrin of many, <laughs> many here, here in Dallas, for sure. He'd be awesome right now. I feel like he would be a big help. He would be a big fix, but the Mavericks can't trade him for a year because they signed the offer sheet and then the Blazers matched. It's part of the salary cap. It's all that. So that's one that goes out. The last one I kind of thought about is Jeremy Grant. He's not like an elite defender, but he would add size. One of the biggest problems for the Mavericks is they just don't have size in a lot of places. And Jeremy Grant would bring size. He would replace the one-to-one offense from Tim Hardaway Jr. But he also can't be traded until January 15th. So he can't be traded because he just signed a long extension. So you can't really trade for him, and that would even be some kind of a risk. But at least he would bring size and bring you know some defensive presence. He played for those Nuggets teams all those years ago. So maybe that's another one. But I mean, those are your targets right now. Who are you most interested in? Let me know in the comment section. I'm curious what you guys think about it. And uh, yeah, let's see if any of those guys get traded at all because just because they're a trade target doesn't mean they'll even get traded by their team. But those are the targets coming up. I've got the reasons why the Mavericks are bad on defense. I've got the things that they should work on. I've got the things that make them make this defense not work. I want to tell you what they are coming up. Today's episode brought to you by FanDuel. FanDuel Sportsbook has all kinds of spreads, player props, over-unders, all that kind of stuff. Go check it out. They have the NBA win totals right now. And the Mavericks, I think it was like 44 and a half before the season. It's 45 and a half now. So they've, they've bumped it up a little bit. You can still put some money down on that. That's a money line. I think I think to do the, the FanDuel uh, like $5 money line bet, I think it has to be on a game, but you could, that's a money line bet you can do too. There's a bunch of games, all kinds of other stuff in the NBA. Uh, you can still bet on awards. Luka is still second in MVP. Jokic is plus 190. Luka is plus 550. Embiid is plus 650. So he's right after him. So all kinds of great stuff on FanDuel. Again, check it out. 150 bucks you can win in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. You get it added right to your account. Visit FanDuel.com slash locked on to continue the NFL season of FanDuel, the official partner of the NFL. Thanks everybody for hanging out with us on Lockdown Maps, being part of the show, part of the Raccoon Squad, listening every day. If you want to support the show, text me. You can text alerts from me on Maps rumors and all kinds of stuff like that. I did a film breakdown of two different quarters from the Bucks game and the Kings game. Sent that to everybody today. Hope you guys enjoy those. Subscribe to the subtext. Click the link in the description. All right, Isaac. Let's get into the rest of the defense. Okay. Are you ready? Are you ready for this? The Mavs defensively have the they have the 25th defense in the NBA, so they're the fifth worst. They have the 26th half court defense, so when they get stuck in the half court, that's bad. They're last in the league in field goal percentage allowed at the rim. Teams are shooting 72% at the rim against the Mavericks. And before you jump to conclusions, I know exactly what you're saying at home. I know I know exactly what you're saying. Mavericks are last in defense at the rim. Field goal percentage at the rim allowed. Well, damn it, it must be Dwight Powell. Dwight Powell killing the Mavericks defense. Has Dwight Powell been good defensively? No. But guess what? Teams shoot 70% at the rim with Dwight Powell on the court and 75% at the rim on the court when, when Derek Lively's on the court. So it's not, it's not just Dwight Powell. It's not just Dwight Powell. 
It's the collective of the types of shots that teams that the team is the opposing team is getting at the rim when those guys are on the floor. I'll talk about that a little later, but you can't just blame that one on Dwight Powell. But the Mavericks are last in the league in field goal percentage at the rim. Teams are shooting 72% at the rim against the Mavericks. The next closest team, like the 29th team, 69%. Not nice. Three percentage points. That's awful. The Mavericks are just giving up everything at the rim. The Mavericks are also, according to Synergy, 28th in pick and roll ball handler defense. So like defending a a player when they have the ball in a pick and roll. 26th in transition defense by points per possession. And 27th after timeouts. After timeouts, you get a stop and you get to stop and plan and then you come back and then they still score on you. (sighs) It's bad. It's not good. The Mavericks have a bunch of holes all over the place. Is it scheme? I mean, some of this seems like it is. The Mavericks have, what have they always told us? It's effort. It's effort. You just got to put the effort in. Got to put the effort in. All right, well, if you put the effort in, some of these things should be better. Some of these things should be better. Their schedule has not been that bad. Their schedule has actually been pretty good as far as strength of schedule. But as far as back-to-backs and things like that, it's not like they've played that ridiculous of a schedule yet. And so there's definitely there's definitely huge problems with it. Teams scoring at the rim, players getting into the paint, scoring in transition, scoring after timeouts. There's just fundamental problems with this defense right now that are just bad. And it's not just it's not the fix of all right, well, we'll just play lively more. I don't know if that, that fixes it completely. Now, here's the thing that I think does change something. So defensively, I said that they, you know, teams shoot 72% at the rim, the worst in the league. Teams are just killing the Mavericks, hitting a bunch of shots at the rim. When Dwight Powell is on the court, teams shoot 32% of their shots at the rim. So like a third of their shots are coming at the rim. When Derek Lively is on the court, about 29% of team shots are at the rim. That's a big difference when it comes to percentage of shots. That's that's a bigger difference than shooting percentage. So when Lively's on the court, teams shoot just about 29% of their shots at the rim. When Powell's on the court, 30, 32%. That's a big difference. So Lively is deterring shots. Teams are taking less shots at the rim when Lively's in there compared to Dwight Powell. And that brings me to this. The bench defense is is horrific. It's It's like... It's so bad. And I'm, I'm using Dwight Powell as the representative of the bench. So when Lively's on the court, it's starters. When Powell's on the court, it's the bench guys, right? That's kind of how the kind of how the trade-off goes. You can't use Luka. You can't use Kyrie as the trade-off because they, they go back and forth. The bench right now has a defense that allows 128 points per 100 possessions. That's the first percentile. Or like I like to say, the one percentile. Just awful. Their bench defense is so bad. When Derek Lively is on the court, let's say they're starters, they allow 113 points per 100 possessions. That's in the 50th percentile. That's an average defense. The Mavericks are an average defense when when Derek Lively and the starters are on the court. The Mavericks are the worst defense imaginable when Dwight Powell and the bench is on the court. Again, I can't blame this all on Dwight Powell. Has he been bad? Yes, he's not playing enough for me to blame, blame this completely on him. There's some big issues with that bench. Dwight Powell is playing 16 minutes a game. He's playing less than he did last year. (laughs) 
there's some fundamental problems in that they're too small, right? I talked earlier, what kind of trades should the Mavericks look after? They got to look for some size somewhere. And it's not just at center. It's, it's got to be on the wings too. They play so many, so many times this year. How many times have we said, man, they're playing like three or four, six, five guys. It's just not enough. Six, five is great when it's your two guards, but when it's your two wings too, then all of a sudden you're a small team. Like, you are like, oh, Mavs only play guys that are 6'5 and above. Okay, well, if like 80% of those guys are 6'5, doesn't really give you a whole lot. You're not a big, not a much bigger team. And Grant Williams is only 6'6'2, six, 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 you know? So, like, he's not that much bigger. Derek Jones Jr. is listed at 6'5, I think, or 6'6. Six, six. He's not that much bigger. Like, the Mavericks are just not a big team. And so that's when you get scored on at the rim because it's not just Dwight Powell standing back there the whole time. They're switching around, moving around, and then other guys get to the rim and score on them, right? Even with Derek Lively out there, I think the the percentage being really bad, like teams shooting really well at the rim against Derek Lively, like when he's on the court, I think it's because he's not at the rim when the teams take those shots, right? They, they only take advantage of it when he's not there. So the split between the starters and the bench is maybe the biggest weakness the Mavericks have right now. Soon as the starters go off the court, the bench defense just gets destroyed. And so they've got to make some kind of a trade. So maybe they don't even need an elite guy up front just to shore up this issue, right? To, to take a step forward, to become a title contending team like that, they do need to trade for an elite guy, an OG and an OB, somebody like that. But maybe just to shore up the defense, maybe they only need to make just a small move to try and get somebody to come off the bench that's not Tim Hardaway Jr., Seth Curry, you know, Hardy. Oh my gosh. <laughs> just like... Some really bad bench defense. It's been really bad. The bench, this is what the bench allows at the rim. At the rim, 70%. In the mid-range, almost 50%. They allow 50%. And 40% from three. That's, I mean, you're just like letting teams shoot whatever you, like they're basically not contesting any shots at that point. So if I want you to take one thing away from this deep dive, it's the Mavericks are really struggling on defense. And the big area of struggle is the bench. The Tim Hardaway, Dwight Powell lineups, which I consider the bench, have a 132 defensive rating. I I cannot express to you how, how bad that is. That's in the zero percentile. Like that, mathematically, I don't know that that makes any sense. There is statistically like no lineups that can be worse than that in the zeroth percentile. The zero percentile? So bad. They cannot, they cannot continue to play these Dwight Powell, Tim Hardaway Jr. bench lineups. Especially the ones with like Kyrie and Curry and Tim Hardaway Jr. and Josh Green and Dwight Powell. You're like, it's just too small, too, you know, not paying attention on defense enough, not big enough. Like there's just, it's just not good. <laughs> not good. They, the Mavericks cannot continue to play the Dwight Powell, Tim Hardaway Jr. bench lineups. They've got to make some kind of a change. How do they do that? I've got a couple of fixes and we'll get into those coming up. Today's episode brought to you by Prize Picks. Prize Picks is daily fantasy made easy. Go check out Prize Picks and you can go pick a couple of players and pick the, you know, the more or less on their projections. So for example, I can go and there's a, I don't know, let's have some fun with it. There's a Charlotte, a Charlotte and Boston game. Let's say you're like, all right, I'm waiting for a Mavs game or I'm waiting for some other game later and I just put a game on. Jason Tatum, 27. And uh, 27 points, pick the more or less. Let me go less on that. Maybe he plays less than he normally does. LaMelo Ball, 26 and a half. Give me more. He's got to put up a bunch of points. 
And then we've got, who else we've got? Our old friend, Christoph Porzingis, 20 and a half. I'll give me more on that one. I think, I think he'll score a bunch of points. You put down 20 bucks, you can win a hundred just on that. You put down, let's say just put down five bucks. You can win 25 bucks. That's fun to just sit down and play one of those while you're watching a game or while I have a game on in the background. So go check that out. And PrizePix has a reboot policy. So even if your entry gets injured in the first half, the player is rebooted. So PrizePix is the only daily fantasy platform with an injury insurance policy. So go check it out. Go to prizepix.com slash NBA. Use the code NBA for first deposit match up to $100. Again, prizepix.com slash NBA. I'm not playing. I'm watching just like you guys. <laughs> All right, Isaac, let's get into the fixes. I think there's a couple of fixes. There's not a ton. The Mavs could decide to... The Mavs could decide to, they need to add some more size somewhere. They need to, they need to just inject some size into this lineup. So the only ones that I can, the only fix that I can see is start to introduce Omax a little more because he's the only other player on the team with size besides Rashawn Holmes, who I'll get to in a second. Can they start to introduce Omax more? And yes, you want to bring him along slowly. Yes. You want to get him integrated, but they need some size badly. Is what they're getting from some of these other guys better than how bad? Like, like is what's the trade-off for giving Omax more minutes right now? Right? How bad could he be? Because it's already that bad. They're scoring a bunch, so maybe the scoring goes down and the defense doesn't get fixed. Okay, well, you're still losing. <laughs> right? Like, if the bench is losing and hemorrhaging points by as much as they are right now, how much more could they hemorrhage points? I think they need to introduce Omax a little more. He's 6'8", he plays big, He's got, he gets a bunch of rebounds, he gets fouled, which stops the game, which helps your defense on the other end. Like I, I think he would do some things that would help. Because there's not a ton of other options. I think they should have some more Dante Exum minutes. I think he plays a little bigger than some of these other guys too. And I think that, that helps you a little. But the problem is, if you play Dante Exum more, they're still going to play Tim, they're still going to play Josh, they're still going to play Kyrie. Like You're still going to be this all 6'5 and under team. At that point. So, but I think the first fix is to introduce Omax a little bit more. I think he's finally got, he's gotten into a rhythm. He's, or at least he's gotten, he's gotten the speed of the game a little bit. I think he, he's coming in. And I think that if you introduce him a little bit more in those bench lineups, just play him here or there. Just see if it helps in any, in any way, shape or form. Because I don't think Markeith Morris is the answer, right? Cause he's not even, he wasn't known for his defense when he was playing really well. The other one is Rashawn Holmes. So I've gotten maybe more comments about Rashawn Holmes than even the trades. (laughs) Why isn't Rashawn Holmes playing? Is Rashawn Holmes that terrible that the Mavericks can't give him any minutes at all? Here's the thing with Rashawn Holmes, and I've stuck with this for so long, and I may be ready to switch my point on this. (laughs) Rashawn Holmes and Dwight Powell are the same player. They are the Spider-Man meme. They look at each other, they point at each other, and they can't tell the difference between the other one. They are the same player. They roll to the rim really well. They're undersized as centers. And they are energy guys that bring a lot of a lot of energy off the bench. And that'd be great. I think Rashawn Holmes, Rashawn Holmes has a bigger wingspan. I, I hypothesize that maybe Rashawn Holmes could be an upgrade over Dwight Powell because of that. And I think I'm ready. I think I'm ready. I'm pulling the trigger. I don't have Isaac anymore, so I don't have to be beholden to the Mavericks. <laughs> There's no longer a Mavs employee on this podcast, so I can say it. Let's move on from Dwight Powell. Bring in Rashawn Holmes. Let's try it because 
the same reason my point my point for Omax was how much worse could it get? All right, I'm there with I'm there with the Dwight Powell minutes now. How much worse could it get with Sean Holmes? Can it be this worse? Can it be that much worse? Got me talking in gibberish now. <laughs> Let's try it. I think he rebounds a little bit better. I think he's got more spring in his step still. He hasn't played as much. The la- like last year, he didn't play a lot. I think he's more motivated. And there's that. Ha- not having Maxi Kleba has hurt, I think. But Maxi Kleba wasn't doing that well either. Could they play Maxi and Dwight more together? I think that could be an answer. They've only played 11 possessions together this year. That's like nothing. That's like, I don't know, three minutes. <laughs> I mean, that, that can be nothing in an NBA context. So could the Mavericks try Maxi and Dwight a little bit more? Could that inject some size? Yeah, I think, I think they should try that. I think they should see how that works because those guys have good chemistry. And I think if they have good chemistry, plus they add some size, that's better size than the, you know, Dwight Powell and four, six, five guys. So I think those are three, three things the Mavericks could do to get some fixes. Introduce Omax a little bit more into some of the, and I'm talking about the bench lineups. I don't think you want to mess with the starters. The starters, as soon as they figure out the offense with that starting group, they'll be really good. Switch Rashawn Holmes and Dwight Powell for now. And maybe when Maxi comes back, try the Dwight Powell and Maxi lineups because you just need some size at all. They can't just play the only Maxi and four six five guys, only Dwight Powell and four six five guys, only Rashawn Holmes and four six five. That doesn't help you either. It's a mess. <laughs> go find somebody else. The other thing is they can't even go look to their two way guys. Maybe Greg Brown, but he's been injured too. He hasn't. I don't even know if he's played for the Legends yet. But you can't look at those guys because the two guys that you have as two-way guys in Lawson, he's like 6'5". Dexter Dennis has been good defensively for the for the Legends, but he's 6'5". Taze Moore has been good. He's 6'5". <laughs> the Mavericks can't get out of... They started to get a little bigger. They don't have these small guards anymore. They just have the medium-sized guards that aren't big enough to be wings. They don't have enough wings. And if you don't have enough wings, then you don't win in today's NBA. It just doesn't happen. You've got to have some of those guys. And so that's why I think introducing Omax more, let's switch Rashawn Holmes to Dwight Powell just to see if anything changes at all. I mean, the, the big change is like get Lively more minutes. Because he's been the, the, the only, like the only good thing as far as a, a big player the Mavericks have. And his minutes have gone up. You've seen it. He's at 24 and a half right now. He played 29 minutes against Sacramento and there was garbage time in that one. So he could play as long as he can play. He played 32 minutes against the Hornets. He played 30 minutes against Chicago. So like as long as he can play, doesn't get in foul trouble. That's been the big thing. <sighs> Where are we with this? They've got to get some fixes. They've got now these couple games coming up where they have uh, the Lakers on Wednesday and they have the Clippers on Saturday. We'll have post games for both of those. And those will be good tests for the Mavericks too. Mavericks beat the Clippers the last time and the Lakers are not the best offense right now. So they're like 20th in the NBA, I think right now. So can the Mavericks be better against those teams? The test continues for the Mavericks. Tomorrow, I'll be back with Tim Cato. We'll do some deep dive into the Mavericks and if they can make any changes and all that kind of stuff. So come back tomorrow. Go check out our national stream of all of our shows. We have this 24-7 live sport, like live sports shows playing all the time on uh, the Lockdown Sports Today YouTube channel. Go check that out. Guys, thanks so much for listening to Lockdown Mavs. Peace out. Boom.